Hey everybody, thank you for joining me on The Bridge IE. I am Tam Lorraine. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the space where we connect through conversations. If you are returning, I definitely appreciate you more than you know. I hope all of you are happy, healthy, and doing great things. More importantly, I want to remind you guys, as always, you are loved. Listen, today I get the awesome privilege of sitting down with an awesome human being who I grew up with in Reno Valley, California. Uh, Alexis and I met almost a decade, maybe more ago, and I've witnessed her achieve some great, extraordinary things. She's always been wise beyond her years and passionate about anything she puts her mind to. And I wanted to invite her on to motivate some of our peers and all young people all together. This conversation is about to be bananas. I can't wait for you to hear. Enjoy. All right, you guys, I'm super happy. Super is probably my favorite word because I say it probably every episode or every time I see you guys or hear hear from you guys, but I'm excited <laughs> because I'm sitting down with the one and only creative Alexis Hornsby. What it do, boo? What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Super happy to be here, actually. <laughs> super. Super is the word of the day, y'all. It's the word of the day. How are you? How have you been? I'm doing well. Extremely excited to be here with you and like share time on a podcast with community and like really get into what we're talking about. Yeah, it's really dope. It's it's super dope. And we were just talking about right before how we like to think, let things flow, let it be natural, let it be real and authentic. Do you think they're ready for that? They have to be at this point. You're already like almost a minute in, right. so like you, you have no choice. It's getting real. Yeah, buckle up. You know, here it goes. Um, but. I, I look to you to talk to you today because, for one, I know that um, as far as youth in the IE are concerned, you and I are, you know, Young Bucks, Mobile Natives, Inland Empire Natives, yes. and we've had our own experiences and our own journeys, and we're not too far from younger people who are looking for those outlets and those sources to connect to. So I thought it was really important to have you because I feel like you're such an advocate in your own ways and you've done great things in your own unique ways and i listen let me just put put y'all <laughs> up on game on how alexis and i are here today and how we even have this relationship um alexis's brother pursued my sister for like ever true true so i've seen alexis um and watched her pretty much grow up and she's watched me do the same because you know, her brother and my sister were just infatuated with each other. <laughs> so it's brought brought us here to kind of like we've seen stages of each other's lives from, you know, from far off. Um, but we've been able to kind of like see each other and check in with each other every now and then. And for as long as I've known Alexis, she's always been a star. Like she's just always been wow. a light. And Coming from you, let's oh, talk about you, though. Oh, the star, the light, oh. the super amazing individual and oh. woman that she is. Let's, Man. you know, balance this because as, as we gas each other for a second, <laughs> y'all just gonna have to, I told y'all bear with us, but just, just a little bit about what you've, you know, experienced in, in, in starting with your high school, uh, success. I, you know, tell us about a little bit about what it was to be in high school in the, in the empire. Okay. So I went to Rancho Verde high school. And I was a 2015 graduate, and that experience 
definitely shaped me to be who I am and who I was when I transitioned into college. And exploring that is when I first went in, it was refreshing in regards to you transitioning out of middle school. Mm -hmm. You feel ready. You feel like you're growing up. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, I was in AVID. So that is a program that helps you prepare for college and get your mindset on going to college. And I think that was a space that was very safe and comfortable for me. And Mm -hmm. it was a space with a lot of Black, Indigenous, people of color in regards to me feeling a part of my community and feeling supported. And my teachers in those programs tended to be of color. Mm -hmm. So again, it made it comfortable. But in regards to my high school experience, I would say I was really into myself in regards to wanting to be an individual and not fit in. Mm -hmm. And I think that uniquely positioned me for how I got through high school because Mm -hmm. I say I did well, but I wasn't specifically in advanced placement, even though people wanted me to be in those programs because I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel accepted in those spaces and I didn't always feel I could be my full self in those spaces. What was it about AP courses? Because I've worked with, you know, coaching and stuff uh, on the high school level and the frustration that has transitioned with being in an AP course nowadays, you know, before it was like AP courses are for, you know, those elite students who want to do it. And it wasn't, you know, much of a pressure, but I, in in just talking with a lot of my uh, basketball players, I have basketball players coming up to me who I know them well enough to know that they don't want to be in AP courses Mm -hmm. who have now like been sought out, like, this is on your schedule, AP. So what is that, the AP, pop, the, the AP population, what is that <laughs> about? <laughs> I think one of the words that you said, it's, it feels like the elite students are in there. And mm-hmm. though I thought very highly of myself, it wasn't the academic rigor that was confusing me on why I didn't want to be in that space. Mm-hmm. It was more of the attitude that came with it, that if I enter this space, then I'm so seen as better than or you start to gain yourself an attitude and put on this elite nature about yourself. And that's something that I never wanted to clothe myself with. Even though I could academically excel, I believe if I, like I got into them my last year because I really just wanted to pursue that. But a lot of it was I'm not putting on that attitude, nor do I want to be in a space that may indoctrinate me to believe that I'm better than the people that are my friends that may not be in those courses. Mm -hmm. So I really applied myself in, like I was in college prep in different spaces like that where I felt most comfortable. And I got into the number one public university, like at (laughs) the University of California, Berkeley. But again, choosing myself and knowing who I wanted to grow into at a young age allowed me to stay true to myself like whatever comes out of me staying true to myself and not wanting to put myself in a compromising position right I will accept wow wow (laughs) and y'all know y'all know I'm sitting here with like stars in my eyes right now because (laughs) that that to have that um self-awareness at um you know age 14 through 18 in high school is commendable especially when there's so many different distractions there's so many different things and you were able to do so withhold your identity um, comfortably and powerfully and boldly you're able to do that at that age and you took on extracurricular activities like volleyball like I remember you being a volleyball beast so even (laughs) incorporating student athlete and having that on your side um, that had to have been something that you were proud of yeah definitely I actually went back through my old files a couple weeks ago and I found this assignment where we had to create symbols and then list out what those symbols meant to me. Mm-hmm. And one of the symbols on my project was two black birds and a purple bird. 
And I was like, I put this design because I see myself as the purple bird. I never want to assimilate or like be a part of a crowd when Mm -hmm. I know it's not aligned with who I am. Right. And looking back at that now, I'm like, who was I (laughs) (laughs) nine years ago? Like really thinking about standing out and staying true to myself and also acknowledging that there is a homogeneous nature of groups and wanting to still want to maintain an individuality and a character and a personality Mm -hmm. and a space. And like I said, I believe that really grounded me and helped me to accept myself over and over and over when it looked different from everybody else. Right. From jump, it just, I mean, I've always believed it, but to see it written on paper, I've always believed that. Yeah. I'm happy. It, it, it's a testament to the person you are. It's a testament of what happens when you do stay true to who you are. And to navigate that through high school um, is, 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 is a culture in and of itself because you create the space for yourself and then you walk boldly in it. And then people are able to connect with you because of that. Like you made, you made it, you seemed like, it just almost like you made it so easy to um, embrace you. Because it wasn't like you were, while, you know, declining certain things like AP, um, it wasn't like you were dimming your light. You right. were letting your light shine. Choosing yeah, myself. Yeah, you were choosing how you were going to let the light shine rather than exactly accepting who was going to tell you how to shine your light. We have counselors who say, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. And and to be like, no, <laughs> right. I'm going to do this because right. that's more so true to who I am that's just it's brilliant to me Alexis and commendable for sure because in high school for me I know in high school I was definitely a chameleon Mm -hmm. and um I definitely was able to fit in with different groups within high school Mm -hmm. and going to Citrus Hill you know predominantly Hispanic school um, you gravitate towards your black mm-hmm. uh, counterparts and uh, you are nice to your white friends, mm-hmm. you know? So you just, mm-hmm. you don't really, but you learn, I learned how to become a chameleon. I think that just matched with my personality. I would mm-hmm. fit in wherever, but I took the route of, you know, student athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was like, I'm not just a student athlete. I'm going to get involved with ASB my senior year in some right. shape or form or fashion right. um, to where I can contribute to an experience. And so yes. I think when you, and I think that's when a lot of people ask me, why didn't you go to Rancho? Why didn't you go to Rancho? And I don't have regrets on not going to Rancho because I feel like I created a, a, an experience for myself right. that I was able to for appreciate. You. Yeah, for myself. Like yeah. I was, I was good. Like, of course my freshman year, I was kind of like, okay, did I choose the right school at this point? Because it was just, it was looking, it was looking gloomy. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. it was like a separated from my, my sisters and my brothers. Like they chose to go to Rancho and then just to go to, to Citrus, everything was different. The transition from eighth to ninth grade. We can commend you for working on being that individual throughout the high school. And that, you know, my mom, you crossed paths with my mom. <laughs> yes, actually. everyone loved Miss Hearing. Like, <laughs> let me put that out there. Whoever. It was crazy. And she was like, uh, she would always come home. My favorite student is Alexis Hornsby. <laughs> oh my God, I love her. And it was because of that assertiveness that you had and you took ownership of your life at yeah. such a young age. You know, so a lot of people, especially like me, I waited late. <laughs> I waited later to kind of grab my life by the reins, but you made it clear like, 
it starts now. We 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 are on it. And so my mom would always, oh my God, Alexis is my favorite student. I just love her. And so in in talking with her, your senior year, you're preparing to leave. When did you find out that you were going to UC Berkeley? When did you make that choice? So applications were due in November. So right. the beginning of that school year, we're preparing our personal essays and everything of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say I had a dream school, but I'll follow up on that. (laughs) Um, So through AVID, you got fee waivers. So I was able to apply to four UCs for free. Mm -hmm. And I picked my three already. And then my last one, I was kind of like, I don't really know what I want to do. And I talked to a friend. They're like, you might as well just apply to Berkeley. Like, just put it on there. You never know what could happen. So applying to Berkeley was on a whim. It was like, it's a beautiful blessing in disguise. I wasn't even going to apply myself. Right. And then in March, I believe decisions come out. And then the week or a couple of days before I found out I got into Berkeley, mm-hmm. UCLA's decisions came out. And I was like, again, no dream school just yet. So, but it's cool. It's UCLA. Yeah. Like, you want to be on yeah. a high and you want to get into that kind of school. And then I got waitlisted. And mm. when I tell you that took a blow to me, I don't know why. It just felt like right. I worked so hard. Mm-hmm. I tried so hard all these mm-hmm. four years. Like, why wouldn't you want me? Right. Like, it's one of those things where, like, it hurts you, especially at a young age. Like, I really, why, like, why wouldn't anybody want to choose me to put in their school? Right. It was a level of inadequacy that I could relate to because I felt the same. And I felt like my standards were way low because I just wanted to go. And this is no shade. But I was like, I wanted to go to San Diego State. But like you said, not really having a dream school. My choice was like, who who's going to take me now? San Diego State's not taking it's me. Just, so it's, it's discouraging. Yeah, it is. It's like. <laughs> Okay. I did everything right. I feel like I yeah, listened to exactly. my teachers. And then I you did have that stuff. You have that voice in the back of the head, like, okay, should I have gone the AP route? Like, mm-hmm. would that have secured something? But mm-hmm. it's also like, again, you make your decisions, you live with them, and if you can sleep with them at night, it is what it is. Right. And what comes out after that will have your name on it, or what's not meant to you will not have your name on exactly. it. And you accept that and you move forward. Right. And then I remember the day they said Berkeley um, notifications were coming out. Again, another feeling I had not had about any other acceptance. I was anxious. I was right. like, oh my gosh, am I going to get in? Like, exactly. this felt like a moment. Like, exactly. This is big. Like, this is kind of like the number one public university. Right. I get in. I did it my way. What is testament just to myself? Yeah. Whether anybody else knew about it, whether anybody else cared or believed I could do it, it didn't matter. It was right. kind of a self-validating thing. And right. I remember... I played travel volleyball, so I was at volleyball practice, and every water break, I was checking my phone, checking my phone, like, did they come out yet? And you know Twitter is where we get our information, so I'm over here 2015, like, did anybody tweet they got in yet? Like, what's going on? Right, what's the word? Yeah, and then uh, one water break, I checked my phone, and the email was there, or I logged into my portal, and they're like, the decision that was made, or whatever information that they presented. Mm Mm-hmm. And the confetti comes out of the email, and it's like, oh, congratulations, you got. I'm like, they added oh, confetti for your girl. Yes. For your girl, I'm like, yeah. Like I had to take a breather, right? And my coach is like, what's wrong with you? I'm just like, I just got in the Berkeley. Right. You, like, don't you don't know. You don't breathe. even realize. Yeah, like it's much bigger realize. than this moment. It's much bigger than getting into a single school. It's just yeah. really fulfilling for myself and I remember going to school the next day and like talking to some of my teachers and they're like oh really and it's like 
even if nobody else believed in me, like, I, I think my teachers had a lot of faith in me, like you're saying, like, right. even with your mom, like, the right. community liked me and everything, right. but it's kind of like, this girl that didn't to go the route you. that was more traditional, right. I scored pretty average on my, like, SAT right. and ACT, but I will say I had a lot of heart, like, yeah. I'm, whatever I do, I'm passionate, I right. had good grades, whether they weren't, were in AP or not, right, but I think a lot that carried me and got me to places was having heart. Mm-hmm. So Berkeley was just a testament to heart more than anything, I would say. I'm going to pause here because this may take you by surprise. And hopefully you don't mind me bringing this up. <laughs> but just because it, it makes sense that you are someone with a lot of heart. And I have to be relevant and I have to be um, in tune with what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um this month is childhood, uh, child awareness, child cancer awareness. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And by you, it's, it's inspiring. Like even just listening to her, tell me this story. Um, because you are a survivor yes. Of, yes. Of, of cancer. Can you go back just in time, just a little bit, if you don't mind and share a little bit about, because I think it tailors into the fact that you are someone who has heart and it's clear as day you can see like I wish (laughs) I could see your face right now it's clear as day as somebody that has heart so can you go back to to that time in your childhood yeah so it happened when I was really young I want to say about 18 months and I had kidney cancer and like I hear the stories from my family it's not Mm -hmm. something I truly remember but I had my full one of my full kidneys removed and then I was able to be a part of like the Make-A-Wish Foundation and Mm -hmm. I was able to go on a family trip to Disneyland and Mm -hmm. on the cruise but that matriculated into my sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. when I was having abdominal pain during winter break Mm -hmm. and my mom ended up taking me to the hospital that night and then I went through tests and I couldn't, like, I was very nauseous. I couldn't stop throwing up, even though all the food that I had eaten for the day and probably, like, weeks before was already outside of my system. It was, like, just a gag reflex. And then they were running the test and they found out that from my first surgery back when I was 18 months, I had scar tissue that was blocking my intestines. And, like, I couldn't make any bowel movements. I couldn't really release any, anything from myself, essentially, so I had to go back into surgery my sophomore year of high school. Right. And that, again, like I said, it was during winter break. So school had started going again. Right. And my friends are like, where I are you? Like texting me and my volleyball coach and one of my English teachers was just like, where are you? Like, you good? And yeah. it's those kind of things that, again, recentered me because it's like I'm probably 15 at that point having mm-hmm. surgery again and like, the stories that you've been told about you having surgery and then Mm -hmm. you living that experience Mm -hmm. is completely different. Mm -hmm. And to preface it as well, I have about an eight inch scar on my abdomen from my first surgery. And like, it's something you live with, but you don't know the story Mm -hmm. essentially because you don't recollect it. I'm Mm -hmm. told about what that experience is like, but I have the wound on me. But then going into that surgery, my sophomore year, it becomes realer. It becomes Mm -hmm. more of mine, more embedded in my Mm -hmm. identity because they went through that um, scar a little bit more as well as like laser incisions. And it's like, this is real. And like, this is mine. And this is the story, you know? And I think that just regrounded me and what I wanted to do and like who I wanted to be and who I wanted to be was me. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. when you have, I like, I wasn't the type of person that was like, this could be the end. 
but it's just a reminder that I've made it this far and I still right. have so much farther to go. Right. Like, once the surgery's over, I have the rest of my life to live. It, like not making it through wasn't an option per exactly. se. I wasn't going to think about that. But it's, again, moments like that reground you. And I have this scar. I've had it my whole entire life. I've always been different in that sense. We yeah. go to the beach, like my stomach is going to look different. Yeah. I'm going to be different. And yeah. it's like standing with that and accepting that and appreciating that difference. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here. And so she has, she has the, and you see it in everything you do. And you, and I definitely out, like, like I said, watching, knowing about it, knowing, you know, seeing glimpses of your journey, seeing glimpses of you and, and just seeing your successes throughout the years. And, and that high school, that high school, those high school moments stand out to me because um, like I said, having knowledge of you having a surgery and knowing all this by way of Alicia in the sense that it was just, hey, pray for Alexis. Hey, um, this happened or, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you get to watch you come out on top mm-hmm. every time and watch you just prevail every time. Um, and I know the I know being 15, 16, 17, and you're going through those FAFSA processes, you're submitting essays and you're you're waiting for somebody, some admissions team to tell you your work is sufficient. Mm-hmm. You're good enough. Yeah. And to go through what you went through throughout high school and then keep pushing and stand by the fact, no, I'm gonna be different. Yes, Alexis Hornsby is definitely somebody with heart. <laughs> so <laughs> I I had to pause on that because I, I feel like it was it was it's important for you know for high school students to know um that no it's it's not a flyby type situation right. in high school. It's not a it's not supposed to be laid back. It's not right. supposed to be not challenging. Right. And, and ooh, can I add to that? Yes. Kind of just wanting to position everything and give tangible takeaways and call to actions. I would say if you're in high school, like I said, my biggest thing was honing into who I was and who I wanted to be and not being too deterred by others' attention, um, ways of navigating their life. Right. I would suggest one, journaling. I've journaled pretty much my whole entire life. And I think that's helped me to understand who I am. Mm-hmm. And even when I get lost along the way, because life will throw you for loops, you will mm-hmm. get taken off course. But being able to go back to my entry from when I was 10 mm-hmm. and I was 15, like, this is what Alexis wanted. Mm-hmm. This is who she believed she could be I before she encountered that. a barrier yeah. that told her yeah. she couldn't. And, sure. and re-engaging with a younger you to understand who you want to be still. Because right. um, sometimes it reminds you. Yeah, it, it reminds you and it grounds you. Like, mm-hmm. when no one else told me who I should be, I believed I could be X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So who can you be? Mm-hmm. And then you go after that every single time. And secondly, I would say community. Surrounding mm-hmm. people that, surrounding yourself by people who accept you over and over and over mm-hmm. again. It's not someone that doesn't hold you accountable. I 100% right. believe you should have friends that are saying, hey, I remember you told me you wanted to do this right. or you were aiming for straight A's this yeah. time or you wanted to challenge yourself and get into this different course. Yeah. You're going to have people around you that even when you falter, they will hold you accountable, but they will still continue to choose you. Right. And you got to choose yourself and apply yourself to the things that you say to them as well. So yeah. it's mutually working. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a two, it's a two way thing, especially if you have, you have people because I think we want to have great time we want to have fun we want to make life fun um and for high schoolers they are 
at they're not even like getting started they're touching they're touching the surface Mm -hmm. um but they're also preparing Mm -hmm. they're also shaping themselves to know what exactly is going to come um so i i'm glad you 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 chimed in and you said that to high schoolers because at the end of the day um they need to know that community stands outside of community exists outside of social media yes <laughs> especially in this person, day and age. i love in-person communication Man, it's uh, yes. it's it's where it's at it's where you grow it's what you need yeah. uh, we were designed to have those interactions with people so for high schoolers uh i i definitely think that it's important because fafsa and all those things which which i definitely will will go into depth with um because uh, i think those are things that are important um, for people to be knowledge about, knowledgeable about, but like you said, the people you surround yourself with and being true to yourself and your identity gets you to those points where you can be assertive, even when you get lost and out, out, out of, you know, out of sync, out of whack, because that, that's happened to me before. And all of this in preparing, you were able to transition and go make make your mark and make your stamp on the number one public school uc berkeley uh because you did that (laughs) you did that it was like you you trained first of all the bravery to to relocate and 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 go up uh, into the bay area with such conviction that you were there for a reason and you were about your business um so tell us about that experience once you got to uc berkeley okay So one last thing about high school, I was able to give my high school speech Mm -hmm. and the theme theme of my speech was protect the dream. And it was this idea that we've all come from the same high school. Essentially, we're all from the same city because we're all graduating from the same city high school. Mm -hmm. And though our journeys have looked different to get to this point, again, whatever extracurriculars you were in, whatever classes you were enrolled in, we didn't have the same path, but it didn't mean that any of our dreams were invalid because it took us a different route to get here. Right. So protect the dream was my moniker when I graduated and I still hold that moniker with me. And I believe that's how I transitioned into Berkeley. Cause again, you're coming into an institution where everyone has most likely taken advanced courses or has parents who have a lot of money that have given them the preparation to succeed in this school right and then you have a girl who is big on heart (laughs) and I think that's what got me through my heart my desire to be myself in regards to you're not going to intimidate me because Mm -hmm. you came here a different route or Mm -hmm. I came here in a different route in comparison to you right I'm going to give my all in every situation right People may say something. People may think something. Right. But that is their thoughts and they are not my own. And I should not take them on as my own and feel inferior because that. Yep. So I think the transition into Berkeley, I was very excited. It was a new experience. It was college. And I think when you go in there, like, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to make my impact. And other people's stereotypes or ideas about me cannot penetrate who I already see myself as right I think you go in there a lot stronger because just to caveat um imposter syndrome if you don't know it's when you enter into I may be defining it a little off so look it up as well but it's (laughs) when you like enter into a space and you feel as if you don't belong right and that happens to a lot of black indigenous people of color all the time through media through social media Mm -hmm. through the news we're told 
or portrayed in a way that is negative and that we don't deserve to have nice things. We don't deserve to have this full and joyous life or we're not as smart as the next person when that is completely false and we all have a place in this world and we all have a place in whatever we want to be. (laughs) So I think combating imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. comes with what you believe is not what I have to believe or subscribe to. Right. And I think that's when I first got into Berkeley, I didn't have the words to describe all this or like that's what my thoughts were, but my attitude was definitely That. that. Yeah. Um, I definitely appreciate this idea, this thought, and we're going to jump right back into it um, in a quick second after a quick break. Uh, we got more from Alexis in a quick second. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for listening. Up next, we got more with Alexis as she talks more transitioning into college for high school students. And of course, later we got another segment of how you feel. And that's all here on The Bridge IE. Up next after this break. Your vote matters. My vote matters. Our vote matters. To register to vote, visit whenweallvote.org. All right, you guys, welcome back. We are here with the Alexis Hornsby. Hey. <laughs> we are so excited. Before we left, uh, we were getting into your transition into UC Berkeley. In UC Berkeley is a, a public school up north uh, university. So uh, how was that for you? I'd say my transition was fairly pleasant because I was excited to go off. I already had three siblings that had left for college before me, right. so She's this like, was my, my time. Exactly, it's my turn. <laughs> so I was actually excited to leave the home because I knew it didn't mean I was leaving my family behind in so many ways. The things that they had taught me, what I had learned, was going with me. So it felt like they were going with me as well. So in my first year, I lived in the dorms, and that was a new transition. I lived in a triple, which means it was myself and two other people that I did not know. Ooh, what what should high schoolers expect about that experience? I'd say there's a period over summer where you start to get assigned to your dorms, uh-huh. and you become familiar with who you're going to be dorming with. Yeah. And it's like, hey, they're reaching out, but I think it's very important to set certain ground rules mm-hmm. before even moving in uh-huh. about, like, what do you anticipate doing while in college? Like, are you the type of person that likes to go out, kind of filling them out and getting an understanding mm-hmm. of who they are and asking questions like, when do you like to study? Is mm-hmm. it going to be morning or night? Um, which bunk do you want? Right. The top, the bottom? <laughs> like, What you looking at? <laughs> yeah. And also getting into more nitty gritty, like what does cleanliness look like to you? Oh, because preach. you're in a shared space. So it's important to one know yourself and what habits you're going to be bringing in, but also get familiar with who you're living with. Especially post-COVID. Yes. Like, cleanliness would be a a great place to start. That's that's so true because I had that experience when I went to Arizona State where I had to really get adjusted to living with people who weren't my siblings. Yes. Normal, you know, when it's family, you have no fear of telling them exactly how it is and exactly how you want it done or yep. exactly how you want it to look. But outside of that, it looks different. And I was very passive. So mm. I kind of was just like, well, this is my space. And, you know, if you guys, whatever. And so there wasn't like an, a direct approach to like 
a plan. Yeah. And it's I don't think it's anything to stress about, but it's definitely something to be mindful about. Like going yeah. into this, what is it gonna be like? And building onto that, I would say my roommate relations weren't always the best. Right. And one of my roommates actually ended up moving out. Ooh. Just because of differences in regards to bringing company over. Right. They weren't per se the one to ask about it. Yeah. Or there was an instance where I was in class and they wanted to bring someone over. And I was just like, can you hold off until I'm after I'm finished with my class so I can grab my laptop? And they actually right. gave my laptop to somebody else on the floor wow. because they wanted a person to come over. So it's really setting those boundaries and when a boundary is crossed to have those conversations. Yeah. And it just didn't end up working out. And <laughs> it was okay. that was that. <laughs> and it was okay. Me and my other roommate are great friends to yeah. this day. And it's kind of like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But don't be afraid to speak up about yeah. your truth and like what you feel to have been wrong or right in a situation and really have those difficult conversations. Yeah, because those are important. They they make up a good portion of the experience if you go off into college, into the dorms, into that on-campus lifestyle. Um, your relationships definitely are going to affect what your experience is like. And even if the school is a great school, Arizona State was a great school, but the relationships, some of the relationships that I made it was like a turnoff or it was just like discouraging from the experience altogether. So, and that translates into how much you'll get involved into yep. if you even are uh, attracted to anything else like clubs or things that are offered at the university. Did you have um, certain things that you sought out to do while you were uh, transitioning as a freshman at UC Berkeley? Yes. Um, my freshman year, there was an organization called the Black Recruitment and Retention Center and it was all about like blackness in its fullest extent yeah. in regards to their recruitment was of high school students to get them interested in college and have them come to UC Berkeley or you can go to community college, you can go to a Cal State, just whatever is appealing to you, getting yeah. them the information in regards to about it. And then retention, we had welcome black barbecues where the community would come out. We had all the really good food and yeah. um, academic resources and ensuring that we had study jams so that once you get there, you're going to be retaining, you're going to continue to be a part of it. Yeah. So seeing that dynamic my first year, I was like, I want to be involved. I want to help my community members just the way that they had helped me when I first got here. Yeah. So that was an organization I was like deeply in love with my first year. And then I ended up getting on board my second year. Mm -hmm. And I think what came along with that is investing yourself into things that feed you. Right. It wasn't like, I'm going to join this board, get it on my resume, boom yeah. it was like I'm truly invested in this and like it's nice to have this as an addition to me but I really want to do this work so I think when you want to get involved ensure that it's not just work but it's feeding you on a deeper level yeah I think a lot of um to your point I think a lot of high school students are especially the ones who are very assertive and very uh I gotta do xyz um to make this resume look good. I call them the resume builders mm -hmm. who have this very intent, like intentional uh, process on how they make themselves look great on paper. Mm -hmm. And while that is great and it is something that um, everyone should be striving to do as far as like, you know, that's just the system and the process as far as how people get hired. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, 
like you said, the reciprocation from that experience mm-hmm. that you go to get a resume builder should mm-hmm. also be what are they investing into me? Mm-hmm. What are they what am I gaining from this as far as skill? Am I getting better with something? Am I learning something new? Mm-hmm. Um, those things I think should also be put on um, the mindsets of, of said resume builders <laughs> when you get exactly. to university. Because the experience is very, they yeah. definitely vary. And it, it, a lot. I've, I've realized that my lack of involvement in Arizona State definitely shaped my uh, perception of the university as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, there are pros and cons to everything. Yeah, and I think the transition for everyone is completely different. Yeah. Like I said, my experience, I feel, went smooth because it was something I was, you could say, anticipating because I've seen people mm-hmm. go to college. I've yeah. seen my siblings who come from a place similar as I do go to college. So yeah. I think for those who may be nervous about the transition and getting involved, it's having conversations with people that come from a similar place as you. So if you're an Inland Empire listener, you now have Tamara and myself Mm -hmm. as resources to have those conversations. I, like I said, lucky enough, both of us to have siblings already in-house, but sometimes it's taking that extra step when you don't have a representative of that experience to speak to. So ensuring that you are communicating with people, seeking help when needed or when you're confused, just know people are there to help you. Yeah, and I think, so for, for high schoolers who definitely listen, I think we definitely pound paperwork as far as fill out this paperwork, fill out this form, fill out, and it can get overwhelming. And then when you breathe from it all after getting done with high school, you graduate and then you're on to your next adventure. Um, and then you have to take on classes, you have to take on new sets of paperwork or take on new tasks. Talk to us a little bit about the balance of involvement with prioritizing your actual main focus, which is to come out with a degree, that retention aspect. Right, right. So going into college, I would say I liked school. So I don't think that was like one of the biggest issues because I think there is sometimes a disinterest in listening to a lecturer or especially when you get into college, you are constantly told what you should be majoring in. Like, this is the one that's going to make you money. And I think the difference between my experience and that experience is that I majored in something that I really loved and I was invested in. So doing the work wasn't tedious or it yeah. didn't make me feel weighed down. I wanted to know and I wanted to be able to apply my knowledge in classroom outside of class. So I was a sociology major, as I mentioned earlier. And again, I was deeply invested in that. And then going into the Black Recruitment Retention Center, mm-hmm. reiterating, I loved the work that I did. So I'm in embodying everything that I love through the work that I do. So it never felt like work. It yeah. Felt there's, like, this is taxing. Why yeah. Do this? There's yeah. times where it's like, whoa, yeah. but it's like, I'm gonna get this done because I desire to see this impact mm-hmm. or getting this good grade is cool to get a good grade, but also I want to show that I've mastered this mm-hmm. subject to myself yeah. as well. So I think there's definitely a balance in, in my college experience. I would say if I had more, um, in the professional sphere, like outside of college, doing internships and stuff, I always felt full. There were times where I felt tired, yes, mm-hmm. but I felt full through all the work that I did. Yeah. And that's, that, like, I, because for my experience, I thought for firsthand, like, I'm going to Arizona State, and I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to be a straight-A student just like I was in high school, 
all these things that I had my expectations set for. However, um, I want high schoolers to understand the um, the significance in making the decision that you want, mm-hmm. the decision that uh, you know, like yourself, you can be passionate about. Mm-hmm. Because for myself, I had ulterior motives for me going to Arizona State, mm-hmm. which made it impossible for me to fulfill something and find a degree and stick with it to make myself feel full Mm -hmm. to make myself you know build that resume while gaining something back from it where I was proud of it and then having that balance it made it impossible because the reasons that I went to Arizona State were not reasons that I you know feel even looking back retrospectively that Mm -hmm. it was something that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. be passionate about Mm -hmm. and so um outside of four-year colleges because I found myself back at a junior college Mm -hmm. And that route, to me, it was like, dang, I'm at a JC. There's not too much I can get involved with because, you know, JCs offer what they can mm-hmm. based off of their community and their needs, their funds, et cetera. Right. So speaking to, as just, and this is just me taking a moment to speak to those junior college mm-hmm. candidates who are looking to go to JCs and trying to navigate how to be involved there. I, fortunate enough to be an athlete, I had things open up for me as far as um, the student success, uh, the student success committee that Mm -hmm. I was able to be more involved with the school. However, JCs do offer those same opportunities, which Mm -hmm. I think is important to note. Shout out to JCs, junior colleges, because you guys are holding it down for the community Mm -hmm. at large. And so um, just speaking to those kids, those high schoolers briefly, uh, to let them know that the JC is similar yep. in the fact that you can get involved because, and I think too, it fosters more of a community feel anyway, mm-hmm. um, because you know the university is such a large scale, very, scale, and yeah. when you narrow it down to those community colleges, they have those opportunities to get involved as well, right? And so that's 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 crucial as far as you know trying to hone in on those authentic experiences yep because that ultimately is the process when you go through universities yep and to also give some technical background if they're like okay we get it you enjoy your experience you feel full off everything what does it look like to be on task when you're a student athlete or you're managing several things one is have a planner whether it's electronic or it's through pen and paper. I enjoy pen and paper, but save the environment. So do what's best. Um, So you can use your Google calendar and put your syllabus and your syllabus is where you have all your assignments for your class. You can put in your test dates, homework dates. So it's always constantly reminding you to forming study groups, whether that's with people in your class or you have people who have the same class, but at a different time. So you just set up time with those people to study your topics. Three, I would say identify academic resources that are available to you. So we had a student learning center and you can go there at different times to learn about subjects. So they had economics, they had the biologies, the chemistries, math. They had specific tutors for free to help you in that manner. And fourthly, I would say, again, reaching out to people when you are struggling, when you need help. Be an advocate for yourself because in high school, there's more of a constant feedback of, hey, did you turn in your assignment? You have a zero. Be sure to turn Mm -hmm. in this assignment. Okay, I'll give you extra time. It's not like that in college. So ensure that you're being an advocate for yourself and saying, 
mm, I don't know how to do this. Right. I don't just want to not turn it in because I want to learn since I'm paying for this education now. Yeah. So constantly sticking up for yourself or be in communities that teach you how to speak up for yourself. Yeah, because at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> when you get to a university, you were amongst many adults. I know there was, uh, I'm, you know, 17 or 18. And in some of those classes that I took, they're a sea of 400 people. Mm -hmm. Those are like the big classes. And even the smaller classes, you could be attending class with 35 year olds coming Mm -hmm. back to school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Adults who have kind of been around, who have kind of experienced just what adulting looks like, who are able to take those skills as far as being an advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. They're doing it without having to be reminded. So remember high schoolers it's not an experience in which you will be babied anymore yeah and that's just the reality of it and yeah so I think we we tease them and we say as soon as you get graduate <laughs> it's gonna hit you hard like it's not a joke it's, it's yeah. literally something that really happens and some people struggle with it yeah but even if you struggle with it there's always room to grow mm-hmm. in that area mm-hmm. and overcome it mm-hmm. and you just it's just about you going out and finding what works best for you yep. to figure it out. Because at the end of the day, those are the three words that I <laughs> tell all like, of my young people, figure it out. Yes. If I give you this, in, these ingredients, you need to just pour it all in and just bring it together so we can make you know magic happen for you. Because at the end of the day, the success is just what everybody's striving for. And it looks different for everybody. Exactly. And I think it's also using the resources that may have become more familiar to us. So there's YouTube. Yeah. You can YouTube how people advocate for themselves, talking to a professor. You can look up blogs. You can follow social media accounts that are emphasizing the college student identity. So know that you can use tools that are most familiar to you to help you advance in areas that you may not feel the strongest in yet. Right, because you can benefit from... Other than, you know, the good laughs or the the good feels that you can get from social media and just being in tune with what's happening, you can benefit from social media in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And I think not many can realize, especially when you're in high school, how social media can benefit you in a scholastic environment mm-hmm. or in an environment that is telling you or, you know, showing you how you can be resourceful. Mm-hmm. And I think we apply those. Um, we think they're like, so far apart from each other mutually exclusive <laughs> like, which isn't which isn't the case and I think social media plays a great part mm-hmm. in a person's journey right now especially in high school as far as how they are and you we have to obviously be very current with the, the fact that things are not as normal right now mm-hmm. we I have high school students who graduated as seniors who have moved on to the college level but they were so expectant of being on campus, whatever campus that they selected, mm-hmm. and to learn that they're still at home mm-hmm. trying to learn, you know, everything that you just you mentioned as far as going out and seeking your own identity, being ready to go go away from home um, and experience something new and different. I think everybody geared up themselves to have that experience, but mm-hmm. then because of the current times, they are now having to kind of sort that out at home virtually and not yet having that experience what words of encouragement can you give to those scholars who maybe are are assertive or maybe not as assertive and are in this position now where they have to um manage a full load from college yeah i think it's really important that you point that out that 
the experience that I had and that we had is going to be completely different when they hear it through mm-hmm. this COVID lens, through the racially saturated and injustices that we're sitting through right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it brings you to something that is extremely important to me is leaning on your peers. Because sometimes we do get all this information from teachers, from elders, mm-hmm. but no one is truly capable of understanding this experience. And no one is capable of understanding this experience, like the people that are going through it with you. Yeah. And like we're saying, everyone has their unique experience in this COVID time and going to school during this COVID time. And in that uniqueness, you find that people have certain strengths. Yeah. So I may not be as capable of communicating with my professor, but if you can go into a friend group and say, hey, how are y'all keeping up with your professor during Mm -hmm. this time? I'm having a challenging time doing that. A peer might come back like, actually, I wrote this email. I'm going to send you a screenshot and like maybe it'll help you formulate your conversation with your professor. Right. So I think peer-to-peer knowledge is going to be really important because, again, you all understand what you're going through. And it's a way that older generations can give you insight as to what we went through, but it's not the same and yeah. it doesn't translate. So one, if you're capable to, reaching out to fellow peers and having them assist you where you may be low and you assisting them where they may be low. Yeah. Um, secondly, I would say things don't last forever mm-hmm. in regards to, I went through college in four years and that feels like when you're in it, the longest four years. <laughs> and now that it's over the shortest four years. Yeah. So understand that with every low, there's a high and with every high, there's a low and life mm-hmm. is full of ebb and flows and that it moves onto, but keep going. Yeah. And so we can see this through together. Um, Thirdly, I would say document this moment. I think it's important to identify when you're feeling overwhelmed, when things are very uncomfortable for you. And I think that's important because you can advocate to your professors about exactly what you're feeling, or maybe you need to talk to a professional therapist or Mm -hmm. someone to to express what you're going through right now. So I just think documentation of your experience in this moment is going to be really important for you to, journal. yeah, to be advocating <laughs> on your behalf and just again check in with yourself, yeah. know how you're feeling so you can plan for how you can move forward because only you know you the best. Yeah, and, and yeah, that I had to encourage a lot of the, a lot of the students, and and then once I realized it, we were panicking. I felt like the adults were panicking, like, oh my gosh, these kids you know, for the younger kids, it's like, they don't know what to do. They're, it's going to be so hard learning from home. And we we realized that that balance that we talked about earlier of being able to get involved socially with, um, with your student body, whatever it looks like, whether mm-hmm. it's elementary, middle school, high school, or the college level, that involvement balances out that heavy workload mm-hmm. and thus helps you become the best version of yourself so you can tackle the task that you have for today, tomorrow, the next day. Mm-hmm. And so I had to be mindful. And, you know, I gave my, my, I gave students that I worked with credit because I'm like, this is the times that you guys were built. You know, you guys are, you guys are chosen people for this chosen time mm-hmm. to be able to handle the virtual learning experience. And yet I didn't realize how needed we were from people who had the total experience mm-hmm. as far as the social involvement with the you know the task of actually working to achieve their goals we have that and they are missing out on it now and it was like 
finding those places you can reach back Mm -hmm. and finding those places you can encourage and help somebody and understand. But like you said, yes, peer to peer, um, I think is so important because we overlook it. Like I think you had mentioned it as as far as the older generation Mm -hmm. helping the younger or the younger generation helping the older. And we neglect to say, hey, you're going through this too. Right. (laughs) Maybe I should talk to you about it. Because each piece is important. Like the top down, the middle to the bottom, but that middle area is important as well. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, we tend to miss it. So Mm -hmm. get what you can from older generations. By no means should you ignore them, should you block that out. Take what you can, but with that, it's this and, and in that and is when you explore those peer relationships. Yeah, it's it's been it's been such a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And when we, because, you know, uh, my mother working with the College and Career Center at Rancho Bay High School and amongst many like her, that counseling department who is usually advocating for these, um, these scholars from high school to the university, uh, you just see that the experience is so different mm-hmm. and i'm looking at her create a virtual college and career center where, yes. <laughs> where students are trying to figure out the same questions that you had miss hearing miss hearing miss hearing right they're having to email they're having to show up for virtual things and um you know we'll host i'll definitely you know bridge ie is not neglecting to make sure we take care of everybody yeah. as much as possible mm-hmm. and i thought it was very very important to sit down and talk to someone who um, I wouldn't say breeze through it, but she definitely <laughs> went through the experience and made it her own in such a way that left a mark and an impact, at least in my life. <laughs> and I'm sure the, the many peers that she had. So we've got so much more with Alexis. As a matter of fact, if you would like to uh, stick around and listen to uh, some, some gaming with Alexis and see how her mind is operating, we've got uh, how you feeling coming next. Don't go anywhere. All right, ladies and gents, we are back with Alexis. I always have to say the Alexis Wormsley. <laughs> so anytime I don't, it just feels like I'm not doing you justice. But <laughs> we're back with the Alexis Hornsby, and we are here for another segment of How You Feeling. All right, Alexis, if you're not familiar with this, I'm going to shoot out a topic. It can be either or, or it can be a, a simple topic. And you got 30 seconds to give your indisputed uncut and unedited truest <laughs> feelings about that topic within a matter of 30 seconds you got me are you ready yes all right we are here we are ready to go how you feeling is on the way alexis recently netflix released a bunch of black episodes and black sitcoms that okay. were dear to our hearts okay back in the day right how you feeling Oh, I'm feeling good. Everyone that wants to say that I was too young to remember it, now it's on Netflix. I can watch it all the way through. You can't play So I'm feeling a part of the team, a part of the culture, and excited to keep watching. Yes, she she's killing it already, guys. She did that within 30 seconds is not enough time for me. So as you can see, I'm a talker. Anyway, all right. After that, we've definitely got fans in the stands during a series of COVID outbreak for NFL and for college sports. How are you feeling? I'm feeling unsurprised and just, yeah, unsurprised. (laughs) This reaction, we all knew that it wasn't about the stances that were being taken, but rather the folks that were taking stances Mm -hmm. and who we are taking stands for. So completely unsurprised and 
Wow. I mean, <laughs> is that what you had to see to know that it was about Black folks and Man. our fight? Man, wow. It's all connected. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. all Finally, we've got social media and our relationships. How are you feeling about social media? Social media is not solely a place to build relationships. I believe relationships are built through phone calls. And even though we can't do in-person meetups, scheduling those Zooms and different ways to connect offline and potentially transitioning to using our social media to be more intentional to build our brands in regards to following accounts that can give you information, not Mm -hmm. just pleasure, following people that can inform you on how to grow in a personal way. Just shifting from strictly pleasure online to business and personal development. You better go. She got that one in the nick of time. And you can see which one she was passionate about, y'all, because she was ready to go in. Oh, my goodness, Alexis Hernsby. It's been so much fun sitting and talking to you. You will be back. Yes. I have no doubt about it. And I definitely appreciate all your insight you had to share with our high schoolers. I know that they don't feel forgotten because you just shed your light here on the Bridge <laughs> So I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Tam. I'm excited and we'll talk soon. We will talk soon. You guys, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Stick around. Uh, next week, tap in with me. I'll be back here, same place, same time. Remember, you are loved. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you back here next week. Peace. <laughs>